Hello and welcome to the Cycling Science Podcast. Um, this is uh, episode number nine, um, but it's a slight departure from our uh, normal uh, content. Um, this is the, the first of a new series of uh, type of episode, and these are going to be called the, the Technical Innovation uh, Podcasts. And the rationale is that what we want to do is to cover some new innovative uh, technology uh, that's related to cycling science. So if there's a an individual or a company that's come up with something which is new and novel and, and impacts on cycling, then that's what we're going to try and uh, interview uh, the, uh, the creator of that new technology. It's not meant to be a review necessarily of, of that technology, um, but we just want to maybe get a little bit of an insight to uh, why the individual decided that uh, this was an area which was ripe for innovation and what problem they were trying to solve and then how they went about uh, solving that problem. So in the first of these technical innovation episodes, um, we're going to, I'm going to interview uh, Martin Green, Martin has, is from the uh, Shock Box, um, and they make uh, a bike box, or Martin has invented a new type of, of bike box. Um, and in the interview, uh, when we talk to Martin, he explains why um, he decided to uh, create his, his bike box and what problems he was trying to solve and how he, how he went about trying to solve them. So I think it's a really interesting story um, about uh, the journey um, of getting to uh, the finished product. Uh, and I hope you enjoy uh, my interview with Martin. We'll have a little gap and then I'll uh, start. Because I say I can easily trim, trim the start of this. Okay, um, I'd just like today to welcome uh, my uh, guest, uh, Martin Green from Shockbox. And um, just to, to start off with, I'd like to uh, relate a little bit of a story of how uh, myself and, and Martin uh, met. Um, you know, as you all know, I'm a, obviously a keen cyclist and uh, was looking at... Um, uh, the possibility of purchasing a new um, bike box uh, so that I can take my bike away on the various trips that I would uh, go on. Um, so as you might imagine, as a, as a researcher, I started to do my research and look at all the different um, options um, out there. And um, so one of the uh, the bike boxes that I came across and I felt that was particularly innovative in terms of what it was trying to do and you know, uh, break the mould and, and uh, something that sort of caught my eye was was a shock box. Um, so then I obviously reached out to Martin and uh, we had the chance to meet um, in Glasgow at the uh, the uh, Cycling, Running and Outdoor Pursuits show in Glasgow. Um, and we, so uh, Martin very kindly uh, lent me a, a, a shock box to, to try out. And of course, um, as soon as I managed to get the shop box, we're now into the current uh, situation with uh, COVID-19 and uh, 
I haven't been able to try uh, my shop box in terms of actually taking it on any travels. I have, however, uh, put my bike in there and had a go, and it, it, it all worked very well. And uh, ultimately, on, on the website, um, the Cycling Science uh, website, I will put up some pictures of, uh, of my bike um, in the bike box. So welcome, Martin. Uh, and, hi, Richard, uh, and, and, and thanks for the invite. So Martin, uh, obviously, yeah. So obviously, um, we, um, you know, it's, it's always nice for our listeners to get a little bit of a feel for uh, the person who's been interviewed. So uh, you know, just I would like to ask a question around, you know, so you know, where's your interest in cycling? When did you start to be interested in cycling? Well, I mean, I I, um, I originate from Nottingham. And uh, I, I grew up in an industrial area of Nottingham, uh, uh, where uh, the brand Rally originated from. Uh, around where I lived, everybody that lived there worked for uh, for Rally at the Rally factory. So cycling really is in my DNA, or bicycles, if you like. Uh, and, and of course, my, my first job uh, leaving school was at Rally. Uh, you know, I'd always had, had bicycles, always rode bicycles. I, I, I mean, I think I never had any aspiration to race, you know, but I always took an interest in cycling and I always had a bike. Uh, and it, it's just something that I'd kind of always done. Um, and, and that continued into adult life uh, uh, as, as a fitness thing, really. Uh, I've always had a bike, always ridden bikes, in short. Um, Fantastic, and um, so obviously you've uh, you know it's, it's, it is an iconic brand uh, rally, and I'm sure many listeners uh, yeah. you know in their childhood we'll will uh, have fond memories of, of rally, um, and uh, you know it's a, it's a it's a great uh, it's a great story. So obviously you 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 worked uh, for rally for a while. Um, and yeah, just on the production lines, you know, yeah. uh, and, uh, as a uh, uh, and then uh, as an apprentice engineer. Okay, excellent. Uh, and so then, obviously, uh, you know, kind of moving on a little bit more to the sort of current day, you know, in terms of um, you know, uh, shop box and, and the creation of a bike box. You know, where where did that idea come from? Okay, so. Uh, I mean, I've always been very lucky and, 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 and been able to uh, to travel and to travel with my bike. And uh, you know, I, I, I've always taken a lot of pride in the uh, uh, the kit that I buy, uh, the kit that I wear, the bike that I ride. And uh, in, in my journey, you know, of, of, of travelling with with my own bike I'd had one or two mishaps with the products that were available I found that the, the quality of, of, of bike kit was very high but there was a, a discord between that and the offerings for uh, uh, bike cases uh, and after one or two mishaps I started to do lots and lots of research to try and find something that ticked all of the boxes and uh, I couldn't really find it. And then kind of over a beer with, with a few mates, we started to discuss uh, bike cases and travel arrangements. We were planning a trip to Italy. 
And uh, we said that maybe we should get our heads together and design our own bike case. Uh, and that was really uh, the beginning of it. And, and that was back in 2013. And we started thinking about uh, how we would design it, what it needed to look like, its functionality, one thing and another. Uh, and that really was the birth of the shock, the Shockbox brand. Um, yeah. Excellent. Okay. You know, it's, it's obviously interesting listening to your story because, you know, it takes me back to some of my first um, sort of trips uh, overseas, you know, for, for training camps and so on. You know, yeah. and I remember very well, you know, um, heading off to Mallorca, which is, you know, one of the epicenters of Europe uh, for, for cycling. And, um, you know, in those days, it was a cardboard box, you know, that you got a bike box. Well, I mean, it's uh, one of those local... things, isn't it, Richard? Where you try different things, you know, like, oh, should we just wrap it in bubble wrap? Should we try a cardboard box, a soft bag? You know, always trying to make a little bit of saving on the cost, you know, to try to be as economical as possible. You know, like, uh, you know, why buy a bike box or a hard case when you could put it into uh, a cardboard box? And a lot of the bike boxes that were available were so heavy that you would always be over your weight limit anyway, in the way just yeah. the way that they were constructed. Yeah. So it, it, you know, and when you hand it over, you know, you're always quite stressed about what condition you're going to get it back in at the other end. Uh, yeah. We always blame baggage handlers for the way that they treat our bikes when when we hand it over. You know, you're pretty much in the 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 the, the lap of the gods, aren't you? You know, is it going to come back in two pieces or will it be as it was when I packed it? And you say your own yeah. experiences, cardboard boxes. I mean, what other things did you try? Well, of course, the, the, my problem is, be you know, back in 1988, there wasn't really very much uh, else available. <laughs> You know, and uh, you know, it was, uh, you know, gradually then it became, you know, a, a canvas bag and so on. So, you know, I think we're quite lucky now. We, we do have, uh, you know, a lot of innovation in this area and, uh, you know, new bike boxes that uh, have now come along. And as I said at the beginning, you know, that's really what kind of attracted me to uh, to speak to you was, you know, that, um, you know, was this idea yeah. of, the you know, the shock box and the innovation that was in there. Because obviously I'm very well aware of all of many of the other um, manufacturers that, that operate in this space. Um, I mean, but I think a, a lot of the boxes available just happen to be boxes that you can fit a bike into and not necessarily a lot of thought and innovation has always gone into the design uh, of, of some of these, these boxes. So, you know, one of the things that we... We did with Shockbox, as well as looking at the journey of the athlete uh, and and how we would fit the bike in. We also thought about why do bicycles in transit get damaged? And, and the first thing we think about is it's some bad-tempered baggage handler throwing around our stuff because he doesn't really want to be at work or he's had an argument with his other off. The night before, or whatever the reason, he might damage our bike box. So, part of this process was that we sat down at East Midlands Airport with four baggage handlers for a couple of hours, and we talked to them and we asked them about uh, their journey 
or when they receive uh, overweight luggage and why they handle it in the way that they do. And this all assists mm. us in the design process. Yeah. So just of to course, give we'll, an example. Yeah. Sorry, one of the things. Sorry, yeah, one of the things I was just going to say is obviously even thinking of uh, you know the changes in bike technology. You know, so you know I go back to the days when you know we were using cardboard boxes. You know, the bikes actually were probably a, a bit sturdier in, in many ways. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think bikes are designed, you know, to be strong uh, when they're being ridden. Um, but we all know that, you know, these fantastic, light, very expensive carbon frames don't like getting knocked in ways that they're not designed to, you know, so a knock on the side, no. um, which is not part of the design in terms of the stresses and strains, can actually be quite catastrophic. Um, so that you know the bikes yeah, themselves, I mean, they're a little bit more fragile um, when they're not being ridden, if you like. Well, yeah, I mean this is something that we go into on on our, on our website. Actually, there is a piece there that we used when we first launched the new bike box, which talks about the way that carbon is laid up and the direction of the carbon fiber, and how we use an example of an F1 car. How it's built to be sturdy, but a small knock on the on the fin, you you'll often see um, a carbon fiber component shatter into a thousand pieces across the track, just because it is impacted in a way that it's not designed uh, to, to to be impacted. If if that makes any sense, to simplify it, uh, and it's pretty much the same with a uh, with a carbon fiber frame. And as you say, many, many of the the, the the cases that are already available were designed around aluminium or steel frames, uh, yeah. you know, and not necessarily taking into account uh, modern bikes, modern materials, and modern components. Uh, yeah. And again, that's that's something that we did with Shockbox. Yeah. So just coming back then to obviously, you know, it's it's now nice. You know, I think it's an appropriate time we can start to move on to some of the innovative features. And certainly, one of the things that attracted me to, you know, to your particular box was, you know, the way that you particularly deal with the, you know, the if you like the anti-crush um, element. So, you know, that's one of the aspects where where bikes get damaged. You know, where, you know, there's yeah. there's other luggage that's piled on top of it and whatever. And of course, you know, your boxes specifically, it's, you know, there is a, a central molded element, which is part of both legs, which meets in the middle, which gives you essentially your anti-crush element, um, yeah. you know, and uh, and that's always there, which is, you know, something that we know that there are other uh, products in the market that have anti-crush poles and everything in, in them. But, you know, the thing is, these these can get dislodged or lost or if they're opened by, um, you know, airport security, then they're not put back properly. And, and so, you know, and of course, that's the big advantage of a hard case is the fact that, you know, it gives you that anti-crush compared to some of the, the, the softer cases out there. So I'm just interested then, you know, in terms of, you know, that that is a key sort of element of, of your box. How did you yeah. come up with the idea that this was well, the way to go in terms of, creating this anti-crush element the idea came from uh, uh, an egg box uh, you know a carton that, that eggs come in really and uh, if we look at the shape of the egg box uh, it, it has an anti-crush element inside it 
that anti-crush system is not fully engaged at all times. There is a certain amount of tolerance in it to allow for stacking. Uh, otherwise, the eggs could quite easily get cracked in the middle. And we thought about the bike as being an egg, and how could we how could we fit the bike into the the the, the case and still protect it? Also, we needed to think about people losing the anti-crush pole. Uh, the fast that you can have, we often call it the, the pole dance, trying to get the pole into position, get your hand out and close the case. So how could we do that? You know, uh, And we decided that the best way would be to mold it, to make it as part of the molding of, of, of the case, giving just a small amount of... Uh, uh, of tolerance so that there is a little bit of movement to to account for stacking we found that by using a solid steel pole it is possible for that pole to push through the carcass of the case in under certain circumstances so we we decided to, to do it that way but the idea was from uh, uh, as simple as a, an egg carton really mm-hmm. if you yeah, look at you know, you could put an egg carton on the ground empty, obviously, <laughs> you don't do a full button stand on it, can't you? You know, it's, it, and yet it's well, only cardboard. I mean, yeah, yeah, you could. But it, it's, it's, it's not so much about the case not being damaged, it's more about what it surrounds yeah, protecting. being protected. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, in its most raw terms, you know, if, if somebody was to leave, although this could never happen, but to leave your bike case on the, uh, the runway and the, the plane was to reverse over it, uh, you know, it wouldn't stand a chance anyway, would it? You know, no. you know, kind of the case would yeah. be crushed to pieces, but it would be nice to think that uh, under under some loads, that what, no matter what you put on top of that uh, that case, yeah. that the contents are are protected. You know, you you know, it's much easier it, to replace a bike case than it is the bike. Yeah. Obviously, it's it's uh, you know, there's always going to be a compromise between you know something which is indestructible and something which is uh, you know both uh, you know in terms of the weight, they've got to be light enough and, and stay within yeah. the permitted weight, um, and obviously cost as well. Um, so there's there's a bunch of compromises yeah. there. I just want to go well, back for a second then. Sorry, I was just going to go back for a no, second no, no, and talk please. talk about you know you 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 know your story and you talked about you know the travel that you did and 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 the problems that you find. So obviously you know crushing is 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 one of the aspects. I just wanted to then sort of pivot that round a little bit and and sort of talk through some of the other issues that you'd found with you know uh, your travels and, and and using other boxes and so on and and thus you know. Please when you were designing yours so you know we've got this concept of a of the integral crush uh, anti-crush elements but what else were you trying to solve in terms of problems when you were in your design process it was okay. it was the maneuverability okay and you know we look at all bike cases and they all look pretty much of a muchness you know at a glance uh, they all look pretty much the same okay some bike cases maybe weigh uh 10 kilos, some 12, some 15. You know, there, there's, there's a big variation in there. But when a case is fully loaded, and if your weight limit's 32 kilos, how are you then going to get it through the airport and then from the airport back to the accommodation where you're staying? And it needs to be as maneuverable as possible. Some only have two wheels that I've used. 
So you've got to lift one end and then pull 32 kilos in the direction that you want it to go and not the direction that it wants to go, like a shopping trolley can can it can have that effect sometimes. Uh, many of the cases had two inline wheels and two multi-directional wheels and were quite difficult to maneuver. Some only had two wheels where you had to lift the back end. Um, and and the, these were uh, major things for me, really, that we needed to be able to turn it on a turn it on a sixpence, be able to move it around, be able to lift it, carry it, for the baggage handlers to be able to, and I'm touching on the baggage handler again, because again, this maneuverability thing goes back to our time with the baggage handlers, where they basically told us that if a case is quite difficult to maneuver, they have they feel they have no option but to throw it and don't treat it so well. But when it's easy to move around, their job's easy. If we make their job easier, the bike is less likely to be damaged because it's not going to get thrown around. So maneuverability was a big thing for me. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, I can certainly see that. You know, it, uh, you know it's, uh, it can be uh, quite a juggling act to go on through an airport where you've got your own main luggage plus um, a bike bag and... Uh, Oh. If neither of them want to go it's in the right nice direction. to just put one hand on it yeah. and it go where you want it to go. And that's down to the four multi-directional wheels that we we went with. Okay, There's yeah. greater ground clearance, so it just moves around that much easier. Where we position the handles and also the quality of the bearings that we used in the wheels. So, you know, yeah. the case has a load bearing of... 50 kilos per wheel, which gives us a full load bearing of 200 kilograms, which is way beyond uh, what you could carry or would carry in the case anyway, because a baggage limit of 30 to 32 kilos, the case moves around really well. We didn't see any reason to compromise, uh, to save a few pence on wheels, which is going to make, well, it's going to make us a few extra quid along the way, but... Uh, the quality of the case would be compromised in terms of its usability and functionality. So uh, we we decided to just put, uh, to go with better wheels, really, because wheels was always a big issue with many of the cases that we looked at. And I'm sure you've come across many cases with broken wheels. Oh, yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, and bent wheels and, you know, this again, it's nothing worse than getting off at the other end of the airport. And, uh, you know, one of the wheels is either missing or bent and uh, it may have it, sort of wheeled again, it there. If, if, if you, and it, if you it look stops. at you know, imagine that trying to wheel it with three wheels or two, yeah. uh, you know, uh, if, if you were to, uh, you know, to um, I've lost my train of thought there. Uh, it was something to do with it. If you were to look at many of the cases that are, that are, uh, are already out there, older designs, if you like, the the, the wheel recesses are open, uh, open sided, and uh, you know very vulnerable to impacts from the side. And you know, obviously, if the wheel is in a fixed position uh, and it, it receives an impact to the side, uh, you know, the plastic is going to give out. And uh, the wheel's going to get ripped away or broken, yeah. Uh, yeah. and that's generally yeah. what happens. So we, within the design, we decided to create those uh, side, in protect, side, side impact protection for the wheels. So the wheels, although they are recessed, 
um, the sides are, are not open, so it, it, it is not open to, uh, uh, to side impact. And if it does receive some kind of side impact, because the wheels are all multi-directional, that assists in really uh, uh, resisting uh, the wheel from being torn out. And, and to date, uh, you know, we, we've never had a, a lost wheel, uh, which yeah. I'm quite proud yeah. of. Yeah, I think then uh, just no, no, to sort of move on. It couldn't happen, but it hasn't. Of course, you know, you know I think I said earlier, you know, you, it, it would be possible to make an indestructible box, but uh, nobody would be able to afford it or lift it. <laughs> yeah, um, I think uh, the other element for me was again that you know, from my own personal experiences around latches. So maybe you might want to, uh, you know, discuss the the design element around the latches that you have. Well, when a uh, when a case is on the uh, the belt moving along, it, if it's going to get snagged, it can it it can get damaged. Um, one of the things that we decided to do was to make the latches recessed because latches quite often get torn off uh, as well, uh, and we we decided to just make those recessed and flush with the outer surface of the box. So that they don't catch. Also, from from a from a design perspective, we wanted our case to look and feel like a nice piece of luggage. So rather than big steel twist latches uh, or uh, sprung flip latches that you need to add a padlock to, uh, we went for uh, well a combination latch or a key TS TSA latch. Many of the uh, many of the uh, authorities around the world now are more and more are are, are, are now uh, TSA compliant. That's the Travel Security Agency, and so um, you'll see on many latches and locks of, of standard luggage that they have a, a red kite mark, which is Travel Century, which means that the TSA or Travel Service uh, Agency have a magic key that they can open the latch, have a look inside your case, and then lock it again. Uh, in many countries, certainly in the US, when you travel there, if you if they want to go inside your case and check it, and if they want to, they will, uh, they'll simply cut the, cut the locks off uh, and then just replace uh, the locks with a, a cable tie because you know they couldn't get in. It's a requirement to have travel century. So we just decided to make that as a, as a standard feature, flush, Look and feel like a nice piece of, of luggage and also compliant with all airports around the world. Yeah, no, no, I absolutely agree. You know, certainly looking at your box, you know, it's, uh, you know, it is nice to see that, you know, it's a flat um, design of a latch, but the fact that it's recessed in there really it does help a lot. Yeah. Um, of course, and there are no, there are no, uh, Nuts and bolts, and there are no that are that are showing no no. Uh, uh, sorry, I'll say that again. There are no nuts and bolts showing, and certainly you know no rivets on display around the latches. So you know everything is underside uh, the latch, keeping it more secure. But also, like the kit that we buy, it looks good. It, it looks nice. You know it. it it looks uh, pretty. I think it looks nice. It looks a nice case, whereas many of the cases out there we felt look very 
industrial, you know, very functional, but very industrial. You know, nuts, bolts, wash, and, and, and rivets showing. And we just wanted, again, to make this look like a nice piece of kit. But not complicated, so of course, you know, on the... Talking about function, obviously one of the key things in any case is, uh, in terms of functionality is the, is the hinge. And, uh, you know, quite a few uh, box manufacturers basically have what's called a piano hinge, which is oh. external. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, I think certainly from my point of view, the, you know, the technical design of your box, you know, you clearly there's a yeah. bit of thought went into how, what that looks like and how it functions. So maybe you want to just talk a little bit about that. I mean, it's... It, it's a twofold thing, really. Number one was if you do get a problem with a bike case further down the line that you've got to bring back because those piano hinges are, are quite vulnerable. In the, over time, uh, they will give, they stretch, they go back on themselves, the rivets come away, the nuts and bolts come out, and you need to replace it for the customer. That means you've got to bring it all the way back to repair it and then send it back to the customer or send them another hinge and ask them to rivet it themselves. You know, piano hinges also put quite a lot of flex into the closure. So when you come to close the case, it takes quite a lot of jigging around in order to get it to locate properly to be able to do the latches up. And what we decided to do was to add some strength to it by really just putting an integrated internal engine. So across the bottom of the molding, there are two positions that we put a knuckle in and we simply push a steel rod through with a connector on, it, on, on each end, which has created that really solid closure. And also it adds strength to the bottom of the case. So it adds rigidity. It takes away the flex within the closure and also, it's not vulnerable to going back on itself, to straining, to spraining, or to wear. So long-term, it's a lot better. And it's internal. And of course, those external injures that we talked about, protrusions on the case, so we talked about latches and why we recess them, the same can happen with a piano injure across the bottom of the case. While it's moving along the belt, it can catch, it can snag, it can pull the case away from the belt. So by internalizing it, we've kind of minimized that issue. Excellent. <clears throat> and of course, the question. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And I think, you know, so I was just going to go back and talk again about, you know, changes in, in, in the bikes. And, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about carbon fiber and, and you know, it's obviously vulnerable, um, you know, when it gets stressed in a direction that's not designed to be stressed. Of course, you know, yeah. new bikes um, predominantly now come with the, you know, disc brakes um, and that's created yeah. a new issue for, for bike boxes in terms of the rotor because that rotor is, yeah. is relatively, again, fantastic piece of kit, stops, it stops you in an instant, um, but doesn't like getting whacked from the side, which is a, is a, yeah. a big possibility in, in, a, in transit in a box. Um, so many bike boxes, you know, now are unsuitable for for disc brakes. Yeah, of course. So not I, not so long ago, none of us would have ever imagined roadies any at least. We would go the the rotor brake route, uh, and and that's kind of what's happened. So 
as you say, it does leave many of the other products which we rely on quick release uh, to attach the wheel to the side of the box, uh, which means that either you have to remove the rotor because uh, the wheels actually attached to the side of the case, they're fixed in one position, um, or, or, or you've got the option of leaving them loose, but then you know what, the, the rotors are quite vulnerable. So within the design, because obviously not everybody that rides a bike has a road bike, you know, there are mountain bikers out there as well as time trialers. And we thought about that. So rather than fixing the wheels to the side of the case, we designed some, and, and you, you've seen the bags, so you know they're very well padded bags. You know, they're kind of, uh, the, the wheels go into the bag, uh, they zip closed, uh, they're designed to fit over the anti-crush system uh, and then are held into place by elastic. Uh, behind the wheels, there is a, a, a layer of foam and then one that goes between uh, the frame and the wheels. Uh, the rotors can stay in place. It doesn't matter whether it's through axle or a QR. It will accept all wheels, no restrictions on tire size either with that. And that was why we went that way, because uh, we saw this necessity for rotor brakes. And of course, you want to minimize the amount of stripping down you're going to do with your bike. You don't want to have to take your rotors off to travel with your bike, because it just means it's hassle. You want to make that as easy as possible for somebody that's going to use the case. Yeah, you know, no, no, absolutely. So rotor yeah. stay in place, goes in, and that's it. And, and, and that was the thought. We just saw a change in the market, really. We saw which yeah. way that it was going. Yeah. Uh, and once major manufacturers start to uh, release bikes with rotor brakes, you pretty much know that the market is going to go that way because there's no other yeah. option, is there? Yeah. So, you know, I think overall, you know, as I said this sort of at the beginning, one of the things that sort of attracted me to... Um, <laughs> you know, to your box was, you know, it's, it's not just one innovation. There's a whole list of different elements that, that there's been a huge amount of thought went kind of into. And as you alluded to, you know, to the extent that you even went to the the baggage handlers and asked them, you know, and I think that certainly helped in yeah. terms of creating, you know, all of these different elements that come together to make a box, uh, which has got several, uh, you know, I think sort of unique features to it. So you're obviously a thinking man about uh, thinking, uh, you know, in terms of all of the issues and problems. So, um, so what's next? Where have you got any anything else that you're sort of working on? Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll, I'll, <coughs> I'll talk about that, that, that in a moment. I'll tell you all about the new product. But what, just to touch on what you said about a thinking man, is that one thing that I don't want when we sell a bike box to somebody is for them to come back with it. A complaint. A complaint costs money, it, it, it's grief, it's hassle, and we want everybody to be happy. So by trying to rule out as many of those potential issues that you could have uh, in the first place, we've ended up with a design and tried to make as many people happy as possible. Hence all of that, that, that raft of innovations that you talked about from uh, recessed uh, latches to the uh, the recessed handles for lifting, the manoeuvrability, the reinforced uh, edges of the case where uh, you know where vulnerable uh, 
things like your your rear mech and the the front drop dropouts or those are areas of the case are reinforced in fact there are so many innovations that have gone into this case there are far too many to mention and sometimes i even forget how many things that we've included in it you know they, i just take them for granted but there is quite a lot there which again we talked about just just moving on we talked about uh the changing market and we recognize that with rotor brakes well that brings me to our our latest product okay we, which hasn't got a name yet uh we, we haven't named it uh, our code name for for it is try x uh because initially it was uh going to be aimed at the tt market just at the tt market uh, uh a solution for time trialers and uh, we we've seen a change in the market a massive shift uh and there's been a big shift towards um complete integration uh through the cockpit we're now bikes with we talked about rotor brakes uh and hydraulics and those uh, about inter integration of the cables running through uh the cockpit uh, and and making that look seamless but that can create an issue for dismantling a bike to pack it in a standard bike box uh, you know what you don't want to do at the other end is have to re-bleed the brakes so it can cause a problem so we have come up with a solution that will allow you to pack bike in the box without removing the bars at all so it will just go in and that uh, also it will accommodate uh, a time trial bike where the base bars can stay in place and also within reason the extensions uh, we're just tweaking the design now and we're almost there with it we're uh, also on the on, on our tick list we wanted to make sure that you could leave the pedals in place so this solution will simply be wheels off biking click and go and we expect that to be uh, available by the end of the year um, you know we will be uh, uh, making a, a formal announcement, so you know, you know where you've heard it first. A formal announcement about this new case uh, in the forthcoming months, and uh, we're, we're really excited about it. All of the things that we learn with the current shop box, uh, all of the lessons that we learn through development, uh, thankfully we can transfer much of that to this new case. Uh, and uh, yeah, we are really excited about it. One, one big difference between this case and the old case, or the, the current case that is, is that there will be no restrictions on wheels because with the current case, because of the way that the anti-crush system goes through the center of the case, one restriction would be a full carbon disc wheel. Wouldn't, uh, you can't accommodate that because obviously that wheel, uh, the anti-crush needs to pass through the spokes in order for the case to close but we've managed to come up with another solution for that and uh, uh, over the next few weeks what i will do richard i will share some um, some intel with you if you like and, and give you a sneaky peek at it if you'd like and you maybe you could give me some feedback and tell me what you think but uh, Sounds great. yeah we are yeah. really excited they don't i really yeah. am excited i'm trying to hold it back because you know i i can get quite uh, excited uh, about the product uh, when, when I start talking, when I really let myself go. And uh, I, I do 
worry sometimes that I can bore people talking about bike boxes. You know, as my <laughs> wife said, I'm not much fun at a dinner party. Uh, and when people do ask me out of work, you know, about the product, you know, I, I can talk about it for, forever, really. Um, well, yeah, this you know, new product we are really excited about. We're obviously in uh, in difficult times in terms of uh, you know many parts of uh, Europe. We can't even ride the bike at all outside, and uh, yeah. and transferably traveling to Europe at the moment uh, is out of the question. So uh, I'm sure you find that yeah. um, you know at least a stimulus for you to have these new ideas circulating and a new product uh, yeah. in in the pipeline to keep you to keep you focused. I mean, we we. Um... <clears throat> have to be positive, I think, at a time like this. And what this possibly does, you could argue, is gives us an opportunity in many ways that we, we have a chance to get ahead of the market, don't we? With, with these innovations, sure. if the market has stopped, it gives us a chance to kind of leapfrog it a little bit. That's the positive that I can take from this. Uh, but I mean, it hasn't stopped us on the design. We're, we're, we're kind of full steam ahead with it. And... Uh, uh, you know, we 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 know that that even though times are difficult at the moment, that is going to change. And when it just change and turns, it will turn quite quickly. And uh, you know, I know that you've had to cancel a trip yourself, uh, at least one. Uh, you know, and and for most of us, and we've had to cancel a couple ourselves. For most of us, we can't wait to get out there and start travelling again and riding our bikes. As you say, in the UK, we've been really lucky in that we are able to, to at least go out for an hour or so uh, and, and, and uh, responsibly exercise on our bikes, although many people yeah. I know have relied on indoor training alone. Uh, yeah. Uh, but... Uh, well, hopefully... I'm still excited. Yeah, say things, yeah. yeah, and hopefully things get back to normal uh, quickly. Yeah, I'm I mean, certainly uh, still... Hoping, you know, I've got the uh, Hout Route Alps supposedly um, at the end of August. What month and, that? Uh, oh yeah. So that's the seven days uh, across I the mean, Alps now. I know there's there's going to have to be some modification to that at least because the Tour de France is due to start um, uh, in Nice on the on the 29th, and we were due to finish in Nice on the 28th. So I don't think that's going to be possible. So um are looking uh, to travel? But just uh, just How's before we finish, the Grand Tour. I don't know. No, no, I think sorry, that's on. still no, to no, be. I'm, I'm digressing. It's, it's still still to be determined. Um, Martin, thank you very much for your time. Um, so that uh, our listeners can uh, and go and uh, have a, a look and do their own uh, research on on Shockbox. Um, can you just uh, sort of confirm your website and do you Twitter or tweet uh, and can they get I mean, I hold do, of I you? Um, well, so if you could it's, just uh, let us have the... It's shockbox.co.uk. Shock has no C, so it's S-H-O-K-B-O-X.co.uk. Uh, our social media is all at Shockbox, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can get us on any of those. You could email me directly at martin at shockbox.co.uk. Always happy to answer questions. And if you reach out to me and you, you want to have a chat with me, I'm always happy to have a chat about the product, talk you through it, any questions that you might have about it. Uh, again, I, I'm happy to talk, talk through them with you and uh, on a one-to-one.
and uh, and, and thanks for having me, Richard. It's uh, no, no, thank you. As I said, uh, many many podcasts, we, and yeah, uh, we, it's 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 a little well, not nervy, uh, but what to yeah. say and when to say it. But uh, uh, what I say, I, I'm I'm just trying to hold the passion back. Yeah, well, we're quite relaxed here, and I think you know one of the things that we try and do in cyclone science is look at all different types of uh, sort of innovation, whether that's in terms yeah. of training or anything, and so. I know this is uh, we're all we all tend to be a little bit uh, techie geeks, and as I said, you know, but I think my rationale for yeah, having you on here is very much around, you know, I do feel there's a lot of innovation in your box, and uh, and I'm sure our listeners would be interested to uh, to see that for themselves. So um, so thank you very much uh, for for uh, for agreeing to come on to no, the Cycling Times podcast. No, thank you. It's been great. And and again, just just to add to that, you know, just it's uh, it's flattering that we we've, we've spoken and you know we love that you love our product. It means a lot to us over at Shopbox. And uh, you know we've talked about the product on a one-on-one extensively. And uh, you know, and, and thanks for having us on. Cheers. No problem. Thanks, Martin. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Cycling Science Podcast, um, the first in our new series on technical innovation. I would like to thank my guest for this episode, Martin Green from Shockbox, um, for the story about uh, the creation of his uh, bike box. Remember, if you would like us to cover a particular topic on the Cycling Science Podcast, please navigate to our website. That's www.cycling-science.com where you'll be able to contact us. So it's goodbye from me, your host, Professor Richard Davison. And remember, if you would like any individual um, advice or coaching, you can contact me directly through our website, and that website address again is www.cycling-science.com. So until next time, I'd encourage you to keep learning, to inform your coaching, training, and racing.